fans of the genre 17 for february 27th 2017 i'm brian swanson uh i'm mikey and i'm rhodes clark guys how does my voice sound i ate an apple before this and it's actually supposedly very good for your voice Appalicious. It's, it's all right your breath stinks though you can't you don't know that they don't yes. know that yeah well <laughs> we're on discord it's it's mikey's lying i'm i have very good breath it smells like apples and peanut butter is it like www.discord.gg <laughs> or something? I, I don't think that you could go up to somebody and be like, like oh, <laughs> I, I smell like apples and peanut butter. And they're like, oh, yeah, let me get a smell of that. Let me let me get a whiff of your gob. Well, you're not really hanging out with the right crowd then. No, I, I'm saying say. like, I'm into it. Oh, okay. But I also don't. <laughs> but in your experience. Yeah, no, like because yeah. I have the same problem where I'm just like, mm-hmm. I smell like apples mm-hmm. and peanut butter like all it's the time. It's a Washingtonian thing. Yeah. yeah, I think it might be a Washington. Oh, God, it is. For sure. Despite the Shit. fact that none of us live near apple orchards. No, but we. You don't apples. know me, Brian. I don't know you. Brian, do you smell like apples and peanut butter? No, I smell like bananas. Ugh. Get, Get out of here. Get out of town. <laughs> bananas and Cheerios? <clears throat> um, a heart healthy cereal. It's a little bit more pleasant. Actually, what what actually percent really milk do, like do you Cheerios. both drink? I don't drink milk milk. I drink almond milk because yeah. I'm a hipster. Bougie. Um, I yeah, I rarely drink milk. All right. Yeah, I, I used to. Um, growing up, my mom would always get one percent. Yeah, like, same. And so that's what I was like conditioned to enjoy. And then mm-hmm. I moved out and in with a couple of my friends, and like they just had two percent, and I was like, ugh, gross. And I drink it. And I'm like, what have I been missing out on my entire yeah. life? I moved yeah. in with a whole milk junkie. Ooh. Oh my god! Ugh, it's who's that? Glenn. <laughs> Shout out to Glenn. God damn it, Glenn. Glenn's such a good name to like get mad at, I, and I yeah. love Glenn a lot. But like, it's such a good name to throw at the end of a sentence when you're really mad. Um, so th- that's one of those names for me that's always like, where like you're so into a thing, and there's like a fictional character named that thing. We're just yeah. like, yeah, like that's it for me. Uh, Glenn and Chronocross use, uh. The, the probably the best character nerd. in the game nerd but you could only get him if you went down a certain path brian's got a nerd alert chrono oh i'm sorry that i'm talking about video games on our video game podcast <laughs> what is this chrono cross no but what is this podcast is it about video games sometimes it's about construction <laughs> like, work occasionally and drawstring <laughs> pants and plushies and whiskey and picture Coffee. frames Ooh. but today we're talking about video games all right uh, how Thanks many times that. have we done that bit twice that that, that isn't an original bit <laughs> <laughs> it's okay no i, I, I like that spin bit. to it okay good yeah we're, we're adding the bestie spin to listen to the best um, um so yeah this this week we are talking about video games so i'll i guess i'll let you continue with your chrono cross thing um yeah it just there are a couple different points in that game that branches narratively so you need mm-hmm. to make a decision uh one of one of them is are you going to save this character's life like a main character's life and in order to get Glenn, you have to say, nah, I'm good. Oh, woof. Um, and and uh, spoilers for this 17-year-old game, uh, she gets rev- uh, cured no matter what, and she forgives oh, you. okay. Cool. Um, but, yeah, like, I, w- I always hated it, because, like, oh, I want to play it different this time. It's like, oh, but I won't get Glenn if I play it different. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Can't you get, like, the, uh, one of the villains in Chrono Trigger on your team? In, oh, yeah. Um, so... N- no you uh i don't so what you're thinking of i think is the three 
um, like Magus and two other characters, uh, they are optional bosses later in the game. Um, it's like the three of the main bosses in Chrono Trigger you can fight in like this interdimensional portal later on yeah. that's totally optional. Um, but like there are the uh, crossovers between Trigger and Cross are pretty subtle. Like you can play Cross without playing Trigger and like totally enjoy it, which is you no. Know, I actually, mean, I mean, in Trigger, can't you get uh, one of the villains on your team? Oh, I, yeah. Oh, I, I think it actually is Magus in Trigger. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I believe that is Magus. Actually, the guy with the, the yeah. scythe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. So on this. The week of February twenty seventh, actually the week prior to that, uh, every outlet but this one got a switch and started talking about it. Um, yeah, we like to be more one on, in with the consumer. So first, yeah. the, the Trump administration has the the gaggle, and they don't let CNN and right. BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed and the New York Times into this. And now Nintendo's shutting us out. So right, well, you know like, what? Here's what I have to say to that. I th- I say let them. Well, like Brian said, or we would reject it anyway if they tried to send it to us because I, uh, I wouldn't. We we represent the consu- the prosumer. We're with the people. But, yeah, but I I want two Nintendo Switches. Okay, give one back. I I guess I could. One for your bathroom and one for your living room. Uh, that's the good thing about the Switch is I can take it wherever I want, Brian. Then why do you need two? Because I, I have two hands. Good point. You can be right. playing twice the games. Yeah. Um, so are like, twice the games, I, I, I could, twice I could the play Zelda and Snapper yeah. Clips at the same time. Good luck with that. Let me know how it goes. I will. Um, so, yeah, like, all the all the big sites have Switches. Um, and we will in a but week. No, yeah, I, I guess we yeah. don't have our site yet, but... Oh, no, we do. Yeah. We have FOTG.Zone. That's right. Yeah. Um, Can we get what, FOTG.Pizzone? Do you remember the Pizza Hut Pizzones? I, yeah. yeah, I think I, I think I probably think of the Pizone maybe once a week. When you said um, Pizone, I immediately thought so of good. the Piss Force. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Um, cool okay, think. no We're water. Getting back on, on track. Podcast. What have you guys thought of the early coverage of the Switch and Zelda Breath of the Wild? So there's a left Joy-Con problem with all the Nintendo Switches apparently, where it's desyncing constantly. And I know yeah. Arthur Geese is like. Is very skeptical. Like this, probably this probably isn't something they can fix with a firmware update. But I, I really I think it's going to be something they can fix with a firmware update. Yeah, that seems and, like a hardware thing to me. I don't. It seems like signals interfering with signals. Like I don't see how you can inner or fix that with a uh, with a firmware update. I hope it's a firmware update. I know. I I I, I genuinely think it's one of those things because they haven't rolled out all the features like Austin Walker was saying that like, I don't know if what I'm looking at is going to be the actual like day one look of the uh, right. DUI. Um, yeah. And I, I know a lot of people are having a lot of like, are taking issue with that. Like, like people are like, Oh yeah. Like the system isn't done yet. It's like, you know, the system's not out yet. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, like I mean, most games you need to wait till day one to like download the patch before no it's Man's fixed, sky like, all over again. But that's, that's like <laughs> the reality of current gaming. And like, I, I get it, but yeah. you think that with like a major hardware release a week out, you'd have your day one patch ready. I, I it just seems just seems a little odd to me. I get yeah. where you're coming from. But I think that like yeah. a console is different than a game for sure when it comes to that yeah. day one like rush to the finish. Yeah, I think um, I think that that left sync issue is is much bigger than a lot of people are are like making it out to be. Like, 
that's sort of like that would that would be something that the average consumer would just like return if it's not working, right? Yeah. That is not something um, you'd want to ship with. They should replace yeah. the left Joy-Con with the left shark. Uh left game shark. <laughs> oh, and then you can hack your games. Yeah. I like it. Ah. So oh my yeah, you have like a little hacker pad on the on the left side of the switch. It's gotta be like a numpad the pad that you have to like get really good at like that'd be really yeah. cool. <laughs> um but yeah. like I, yeah, I've heard some people talk about like, and again, we don't know if it's final or, or not, but the uh, the UI isn't as like colorful or not colorful, but like as playful as Nintendo's system UIs usually are. Um, See, I I would prefer that. Like the yeah, they haven't had a good UI in a minute. No, yeah. um, people are saying that this feels more like a console, like instead of yeah. a uh, you know like, like a children's toy. Actually, they haven't really had. Because if you like really think about it, like the NES Super Nintendo didn't really have, or, and mm-hmm. Nintendo sixty four didn't really have a UI. You just plugged in a game and then it went. Well, so did the GameCube. That's exactly how. Well, the, the GameCube did have one though. If you like oh, loaded right. it without a game, yeah. um, and and honestly, that for what little you needed to do with it, like mm-hmm. it was fine, fine, and like, and it had that like just fucking balling music that that really like oh, yeah. soft like, yeah. Um, but the Wii had a shitty interface. The DS had a shitty interface. The 3DS is fine. I think the 3DS actually has a, for what it is, for what that system is, and yeah. you, and if you're gonna like take it a step further and look at its counterpart in the Vita, the Vita has a god awful interface. I hate the bubble yeah. system. I think I the 3DS the is system. a little clunky. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and I just think it's the best handheld UI that we've had, and like that there's not a lot to go from. But yeah, like and again, you right. don't really need it for too much. Um, yeah. But and yeah, the Wii U had the like like the evolution of the Wii's system, I would say. Yeah, and and it still wasn't great. It was a little bit better, but um, mm-hmm. like so that the actual like interface of like the menus of like all of your like applications, everything was fine. But then you f- flip it to the other one where it's like that like plaza. Yeah, you um, interact. <laughs> I feel like you couldn't really interact with anything. Yeah, like it, it was cool to watch like everybody's like Meverse posts in that like, mm-hmm. but otherwise, they, yeah, like. Nintendo hasn't really ever had a good UI, so for them to kind of buck what they traditionally do, like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm like not only accepting that, I think they need that. It's, I think you guys, so too. Do you guys like the PlayStation UI? Uh, I actually was a really big fan of the cross media bar on the PlayStation Three. It got yeah. a lot of shit, but like it was, it was easier to use and it worked, and it was like just yeah. fast enough to like beat out the 360 for me. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, um, because you you think it launched with it, like. Yeah, like it launched with a cross media bar. It got updates, but ultimately it was the same system. Maybe yeah. that's what it was. It's just like endless familiarity with the same. Yeah, you didn't like blades. So no. I, I actually I didn't mind blades. I thought that that it was really striking, and like, like and that that was that was the first console to really have like an interface. Because mm-hmm. yeah, like and so like it, it was. I think it might have just been like the novelty of it was like, oh my god, this is really cool. Like I can just like pull up this menu and then. uh I can put on music through this, like, because my my yeah. first my first interaction with the 360 was me uh, going over to my Custom friend's house and playing like rock or uh, Guitar Hero and Gears yeah. of War and like, mm. yeah, and I just remember like, just like kind of diddling through it like while I didn't have to deal with it on a day to day basis. I was like, I actually really like this, um, but I think Xbox's problem is that they keep updating it, they keep changing it, yeah. And so like yeah. once you get comfortable with it, then you need to like relearn it, like. That well, one. I think it's because they keep updating it. Well, the blades were, were fine, but like ever since then, they've yeah. gotten it wrong. Like especially yeah. since they adopted the Windows 8 Metro style system mm-hmm. of like p- 
presenting tiles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the reason why I hate my Xbox One, honestly. <laughs> like, I really dislike the interface. Like, everything feels like it has a little bit of a delay to it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's just, like, yeah. some, there's some latency between, like, whenever I try to move over to, like, a different menu. And, uh, and uh, honestly, it's at the point where it's, like, I would rather pull up the xbox app on my phone and just control it that way <laughs> because i hate wow. dealing with it it's so bad i just remember like when i when they first they up they had a the original one whenever i first got my xbox and then they updated it and they've since then updated it but that second update the like game button to open up your games and apps section was it like the bottom of the screen like yeah you had to scroll it's down so to it weird and it was like it was it was what terrible. Do you, it, what do you so think bad. I'm doing on this console? And then yeah. they were like, just press the R trigger and you'll well, go right to, your, right to your games. And I'm like, well, but how about you just put it in front of me? And since then, they've right. changed it. But well, so, so right. and I, I feel like I forget who was in charge of Xbox before uh, Phil Spencer took over, but um, Don Don Matrix, Don Matrix, yeah, because um, yep. like they launched it like because that that was the narrative when the PS4 and Xbox One were like both coming out. It's like the PS4 is like the game machine and then the Xbox is the multimedia device. And right. so they were like actively leaning into it by shoving the video games to the side, like literally like shoving it to the bottom and to the side. Like what you want is your entertainment. It's like, actually, no, I just want to play some fucking video games. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I have that problem still with my Xbox one. Like everything just feels clunky and uh, yeah. the latency just really drives me crazy. And like the, the, the yeah, the, the, the PS4 interface is just really light and responsive, and I know where things are. And yeah, the, like with them adding folders its, and all and everything, yeah, it just makes it so much easier. It's getting better. Like they're like they're hearing feedback, and and every update doesn't like dramatically overhaul everything. It just like adds quality of life stuff. Yeah, but like the, the, the problem is that, that they took a like, step back from the cross media bar. Yeah, for me, it's like a more stripped down. But like when you go to there's a bunch of social stuff that never gets used that I don't care about. Yeah. It could be gone. Mm-hmm. But there's also like it's the notification organization system is really bizarre. Where like if I want to check something that's downloading, I have to go up, hit notifications, and then scroll down to downloads. Like it doesn't. Why are downloads in your notifications? It doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. Huh. Um, I think they're tweaking stuff like that though with the next the four point five update. Yeah. So like it'd be nice if I could tweak with it on my computer. Yeah. Like I can go into like my PSN account on their website, like change the layout, and then it would do that because like a big part cool. of it is dealing with it on a controller. It's just, yeah. it feels like there's always an extra step or two that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't want to give Brian ammo for the PC <laughs> console <laughs> thing, but, but that, that, that hey, is my biggest I will complaint. say like steam has a really weird UI to me. Oh sometimes. yeah. No God. I, I, part of it is me not really using it much, but every time I go into steam, I'm just like overwhelmed with like what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. And part I, of the, the problem is that it shows you the store first. Yeah, you can change that actually, but it's yeah, it's buried deep in the menus. Yeah, like so, and I just popped up Steam to just like get a refresher on it real quick. Mm-hmm. And the first thing was like Square Enix uh, sale. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, and like from what I can tell, none of these prices or none of these games are actually like on sale. Oh, weird. <laughs> like, like I was like, oh, Hitman's on sale. Cool. I might actually just buy that on Steam. And I went in there. It's like, nope. It's still fifteen bucks for the first one and sixty for the whole thing weird so what are you doing i think what that store is also built on internet explorer for real is it it, it <laughs> was for the longest time and it's just like really anyway what are you guys feeling about the switch like oh yeah what are you guys what feeling we're about, about the uh the coverage like are uh, you guys as excited as you were or are you more excited less excited i'm like 
I didn't buy Zelda, and Zelda is Wait. no longer physically available on the on anywhere. Okay, yeah. Oh, and so, so like I, it's fine. I'll I'll download it, but I'm scared that the download's going to take forever. But I also work next weekend, so I might not even get to play it for a while. Bummer, dude. Um, are you traveling? Uh, yeah, I have to run some events down in King County. That's oh, where but, I live. But you have to drive, huh? You have to drive back, like down and back up both days. I was okay. trying to finagle it so I could stay the night. And then we can hang yeah. out and have boy time, but boy time. I <laughs> um, love it. Well, that, that's poopy. Um, I anticipated like there to be these kind of like hurdles out of the gate. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't know what that says about like myself or Nintendo that like, like getting into this console launch that I'm like, it's like, yeah, there's, there's going to be stumbling blocks. Like virtual consoles probably not going to be ready and this and that. Like, so I, I kind of went into that like knowing it's like yeah like mm-hmm. it's not going to be fully featured like they already said that online isn't going to be ready until summer um, for like the soft launch and then the full launch in the fall. So I feel like part of that you could like reasonably anticipate, but you know you know it's also totally valid to be upset about that. Um, right. So for me personally, I'm fine with it. Like yeah, I know Virtual Console isn't going to be day one. But the thing for me that is really like bumming me out about the Switch launch um, is that Binding of Isaac got pushed from being a launch title. Mm, and my, yeah. my plan was to get Zelda and Binding of Isaac, and I was going to be set for a minute. Um, and, but now Sniper Clips is a launch title. So yeah, like, I've, I've got that. that. But like, yeah, like whenever like, I have time to like sit and like really actively play a game, I was going to play Zelda. And then, like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, like on my commuter. Um, right. In downtime, like when I just went, like have like thirty minutes to play something, like I'll play Binding of Isaac. Like it's good. It's <laughs> it's, it's, a good it's, game. Very, it's very good, but uh, the themes in it are very dark and uh, very counterculture, I suppose. Like a lot of like not necessarily anti-religious themes, but uh, um, I so, mean, <laughs> kinda. Um, well, yeah, but so Polygon had a really good editorial um, where this guy's like equated like his time growing up in like a Catholic church. It's just more of like. It, it, so uh, Edmund McMullen kind yeah. of like talked about it's like no like th- this is reflective of my personal experiences with religion. It's not an indictment of religion as of a whole, religion. Yeah. but like these are but these are some problems inherent with organized religion. Um, so right. it's not like an outright attack, but totally yeah no yeah. it's uh, it's it's such a good game. Um, like as much as I love that, um, my roommate Evan has probably put oh god. Oh, that- um, obsessed. I'd say at least four or five hundred hours into Binding of Isaac. Damn. Um, um it's it's a yeah. lot of time. What do you guys think of uh, Zelda so far? I mean, like, have you been following um, what people are saying about Zelda? So I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to stay largely in the dark because um, they can show a lot more now than they could a few weeks ago. Right. Like, I, I, I am into following it when it's like. Like we're just going to show you this tiny sliver, and like once it starts widening up, I'm like, okay, now I need to pull back so I don't get too much spoiled for me. But yeah, that's fair. I've been trying to read coverage that's more of like, this is how I feel about it, as opposed to like, this is what we're doing in it. Yeah. Right. Um. And again, like going back to uh, something that Austin Walker said, um, right? Where he's like, he equated it to like when people are playing tabletop games for the first time. Um. His buddy. Like whenever he plays with new people, he doesn't like being like when people are like, "Oh, can I do this?" He doesn't like being like, "No, you can't do that." Right. And he was comparing it to Horizon Zero Dawn, where like in Horizon Zero Dawn, it's like, "Oh, can I do that?" And it's like, "No, you can't. Sorry." And Zelda's yeah. like, 
yeah, like you you can try that. Mm-hmm. Like even if you can't necessarily do it, it, it lets you at least attempt to do it. And it's like I love that it's more exploratory, uh, exploratory, and uh, like it's kind of encourages you to like try new things and right. go check out new places. And um, the way he put it is like in Skyrim, where you like you see a place on a map, it's like oh, I can go there, and like the whole point of it's like, oh yeah, cool. I went there and in Zelda, yeah. it's like, yeah, you can go there and there's probably like a puzzle or a boss that gives you or like a really cool there, item. Yeah. yeah. Like there's actually something there like outside mm-hmm. of like the accomplishment of traveling there. Right. So I, I really like that. I love that it's hard. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you guys about yeah. that. Like, um, so someone wrote into like maybe a giant bomb or, or, or maybe it was waypoint. I can't remember, but it was like, you know, what do you guys think? Like, will kids be able to, play this game and, yeah, that was and they, they they didn't answer it the way I thought they would but like um, kids are used to with games like Minecraft and other survival style games or like games where you're just sort of like thrown into a world and like expected to just figure it out and do it like they're used to not having their hand held anymore right yeah, yeah. like and it's, I bet so many kids have grown up playing Dark Souls now too like they get it like they yeah. know how to play games um, see and like, like, had a couple like like answers like that like since they've launched, I guess, where people have asked them, like, "Well, but what about the kids?" And then they have to like reestablish that perspective of like, you don't understand what these kids are playing anymore. Yeah, right, right. Which is yeah, great. It's such good commentary. Yeah, exactly. Because like every Zelda game, I haven't. Okay, so every like 3D main Zelda game, Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess, Wind Waker ocarina like every game since ocarina has had like a really awful tutorial where it like for like five hours maybe or at most like 10 it feels like anyway yeah they'll yeah. be holding your hand and tutorializing you throughout the entire entry area and arthur geese on rebel fm was just saying like in breath of the wild you can get through that stuff if you skip the dialogue and like know the puzzles in like 15 minutes and then just like be playing the game um and that's really exciting to to me because i got instantly turned off of uh skyward sword and it took me a long time to get through that tutorial and then even by the time i got through it i wasn't into it anymore did they expedite twilight princess's tutorial in the hd remake i can't remember i, I, I feel I, like i, I heard something did. like that but maybe not it's See, also like, pretty long for me the rest of twilight princess is so fucking good but yeah, yeah. That, that tutorial is so bad um, right. and I, I hate it because to me like when everyone's like oh like do like an hd ocarina of time i was like that was Twilight Princess. Yeah. Once you get past that that shitty intro, like, like the rest of that game is pretty fucking great. Like, I love the wolf stuff. Like, it actually like adds something really compelling. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it changes the combat in a very significant way. But uh, yeah, yeah, I the, remember I remember enjoying that game once I got through it through that tutorial. Yeah, I had to play it twice. Like, I stopped at one point and then I had to play it again. And when I played it again, yeah. I went a lot further. Um. Yeah, like I don't know if I'd want necessarily like one of like the main core Zelda games to be like a Dark Souls game. Mm-hmm. Um, if like I would, I would like a like side game where they do that maybe. But uh, right, yeah, like and again on Waypoint they talk about like what makes, um, like deep down like to the core of the game what makes like Zelda Zelda and it's like it's kind of like adventure and exploration. It's not necessarily like the combat or the puzzles mm-hmm. or anything like that. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, if, if you know, and I would trust Nintendo to strike that balance, but if, you know, if they could hit that balance of like something more like 
excruciating like Dark Souls, that'd be really cool. But yeah, um, yeah, like people are saying it's the hardest Zelda since the NES. And yeah, it's really I exciting. dig that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm super into that. Dark Souls. I really dig the whole like air, you can go anywhere, but certain places are going to be harder. And yeah, you know, yeah, it, it sounds so great. My my big concern though is that um, with like the, with the way the weapons work, like you. Mm-hmm. They expand on the idea from Wind Waker, like the enemies will drop weapons and then you can use mm-hmm. them. Um, and in this one, it's like that's your arsenal of weapons. Like you have like swords and axes and hammers that you get from enemies. Um, but this, <laughs> the Zelda series is a series that's kind of built fundamentally around the idea of um, like a kind of like recurring story where it's like, oh yeah, th- this hero comes wearing a green tunic with the master sword and yeah. saves the world from. <laughs> from uh, the evil that is uh, in one way or another, ultimately Ganon. Um, right. And in this game, like since they have like, uh, like temporary weapons and weapons that like uh, deconstruct and have like, you know, like repairability or whatever, like the Zelda series is built around like ultimately getting the master sword. So does this system just kind of like get thrown out the window at some point in the game? No, or? I think I, I, I would be surprised if like you didn't get a more permanent sword or a sword that could be repaired or something later yeah. on. But like, it, it, it just is like that's part of the difficulty from what I've heard is that like managing your weapons and so like yeah. if they just kind of throw that at the window at some point, like how do they handle that? Like that, that's my chief right. concern with uh, your chief. Of the beef. My it chief probably beef. won't be a very effective weapon against certain types of enemies that'll be prominent within the game, and so you'll need like a hammer or an axe. Yeah, I hope they keep on mixing it up. Like I like the idea. Well, like for forever now, like Zelda's never been a game about getting stronger or more proficient with certain weapon types or something. So the idea that you can have like better weapons is it just adds like a whole new level of uh, gameplay. I think it's cool. I'm excited yeah, about like that. The Master like, Axe, and they yeah. they kind of did like a light version of that in uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, where you get the bigger on sword, and then um, like the giant's knife, oh. and then the bigger on sword, and then you get the gilded sword in Majora's Mask, like. Like that—that that was always really kind, of really cool, and really fun. And a lot of it was because like you had a very like tedious side quest to do before you got that, and so like you you earned it. And then it's like, fuck yes, I got this fucking badass sword now. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if yeah. they can kind of manage that, um, then I'm like just totally on board. Like I love this idea of like, um, like the the shrine system where it's like they kind of replace dungeons with something a little bit more, um, yeah. like less. Like they're they're linear? what linear? Yeah, like it's less linear and like the they're not like necessarily as critical. Like you still need to do them. Like that's the point of the game. But it, it's like was always the thing. Like this corner yeah. of the map is the fire temple corner of the map. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I, I like this kind of more open end design where it's, it seems a little bit more like realistic. Like oh, this is an area that happens to have a shrine in it. Where like yeah, it's like oh, this area is built around this temple. Like, um, yeah, I I'm, I'm excited to, to dive into it and see what it really is. Let's move on to what we've played because we've been going on this for a little while. Yeah, um, I will just say that uh, since we recorded last, I played like the games like twice, and they're both Neo and like I dabbled in Titanfall for a minute. Um, but I, I just wanted to add that like we talked a lot about um, what makes Neo better than separate from worse than. Dark Souls um, last week. But like another observation is that like once you start a mission in Neo uh, and you like progress to like maybe 75 or 80% of the way through, 
and you want to leave the mission, you have to restart the whole thing over. It doesn't save your yeah. pro it's it's that's like a it's it, that's like designed. It's like the way it's supposed to be, right? And that is really frustrating because yeah. it, it Neo just doesn't feel permanent. Like you're not leaving yeah. your your mark on a world. You're just sort of like playing through its levels. Because you can go back and play through a mission and it's the same thing. Exactly. Like yeah. In Dark, it, in Dark Souls you like will clear out an area and like right. something will have like not necessarily like changed, but like there's like a certain sense of accomplishment and permanence. Yeah. Um that's all I really have to say. We yeah. we um I, I really want to play Night in the Woods with Grace, and yeah. I would play it on my own, but I think that she'll really appreciate its themes, especially like yeah. being from a small town. So we we got home from a trip yesterday, and we like started downloading it, and for whatever reason, PSN was taking way longer than usual. And I went through and like updated all the uh, all the like little hacks you can do to make it download faster, and it just was not working. Um, so we'll play that maybe today. Um, and, and cool. talk about it next week um, but i'm so really excited real, about that real quick on neo though um yeah it's like to the same effect of what i was talking about last week with brian mm-hmm. where like it took brian like two or three weeks to get to a certain point and then he did it in like a couple hours yeah, yeah. like i feel yep. like that would kind of be the same in neo also as well like to where because yeah. you, you'll I, I assume that you've like gone to a shrine in that level and like probably leveled up Mm-hmm. and so then you, you'll start that level at a higher level than you initially were and then you also kind of know where people are so Right. There's that that side as well. Like it doesn't excuse that fact, which is still really goddamn annoying. But so the um, thing is, I don't understand. I don't see the benefit of replaying a level unless you want to get like the hidden Kodama, Kodama that and, we were talking I, about. I, last I think week. that's exactly it. For, it's for a me, ranking uh, thing too. Like, there's no ranking thing. Yeah, no. Uh, it's it's either you beat so it or you didn't. You beat yeah. it, and you can get certain items from like you just like get from being a mission. Yeah, I, I guess if like. If there's a but, drop that a boss has that you like want to keep yeah. trying to go get or something. Right. Um, um, but they do add like they do tweak main missions with something called twilight missions, which makes them like a million times harder. So, yeah. I, so uh, I didn't look into it other than seeing the header for it um, or the headline for it. But apparently mm-hmm. somebody sp- did a speed run of Neo in like two hours. I saw that too. I want to watch that someday. Yeah. I, I think that it. I think once I'm oh shit. Because like today is actually our big move day, where we're like mm-hmm. getting a big truck and taking all of our like furniture over. Your shit. Um, yeah, and I won't have internet until Friday. Oh shit! Damn. Um, but otherwise, like I actually re- like I was like, oh yeah, once I settle down for moving, I'll watch that two-hour mm-hmm. uh, speed run. But it's like, oh shit, I have to wait till this weekend, so I'll Damn. bookmark it. Um, I have a feeling, Mikey, you will have some things to say about Night in the Woods, but I want to. I'm curious about the Yogg because I saw Waypoint's saw video that. on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I saw that video as well. The Yogg yeah. is a game that Waypoint covered. It actually came out about four years ago, but yeah. they did a video on it because that's cool. Um, it's a story-driven co-op. Um, well, it requires at least two players um, mm-hmm. or at least you to play two characters. So I think it's it's traditionally meant for you to have up to four people in the room all playing a different character. And the idea is this like catastrophe called the Yog is coming and you and your other players just get to sort of go about your daily lives for six turns in this town prior to when the Yog hits. And you get to do things like each each turn you can go to you can visit a different location and do a different thing. So yeah. you could go to the forest and chop wood or hunt, or you could go to the hospital and help patients or clean up or the alchemy lab or the arena. And you get to do these like you know, sort of little things that increase your your stats, and then those stats all sort of come into play at the end 
of the game when the yog hits um mm-hmm. it's fun it's a good it's a good like one playthrough kind of game with a new group of people sure um but the scope is is pretty pretty narrow um which mm-hmm. i think benefits it and then also sort of hinders it when it comes to replays um, so, so that's I actually what i was gonna say it. it's yeah cool. that's what i was gonna say is like we should play that but then like when i was watching austin's video on it like how many times can you realistically realistically play that though on our like, second playthrough we were different. getting repeat we were yeah. getting repeat stuff exactly like bummer um yeah and so th- there's a very similar thing to that like yeah. the like choices that you have to make in night in the woods where it's like okay who are you gonna see and talk to on a given day and like mm-hmm. there's so much anxiety behind that because like i i want to <laughs> see like that, that game is so clever and charming that like i want to see everything it has in it yeah um and, and you need to make choices and it's 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 awful in a good way <laughs> we'll get there i, I have yeah, a couple yeah. more questions about the yog like so uh but, but like how do you play it like are you are you moving a character across like a game board like a virtual game board or are you yeah. just making choices and sort of like moving things along i, I don't it's know basically moving a piece on a game board okay. yeah so there's like a list on the on the left side of the screen that is has like the eight different locations or so and you just you know scroll down to the one you want and then your character Mm -hmm. icon goes up there you like you select it and then you get a choice hunter chop wood chop wood in the forest and and then you do that and then like uh a a, like the dialogue will play through and you'll see what happens and then you're usually presented presented with a choice Mm -hmm. based off of where you're at what's going on and then you just do that nice it sounds really interesting how much is it and where is it available it's 10 bucks um it's on steam it i wouldn't be surprised if it was on everything else as well Um, okay uh it doesn't look just on windows okay damn okay but interesting you guys we'll hang out i'll bring it yeah that'd be fun to, to try it out sometime yeah um it was fun like like all of my friends like of varying levels of like gaming interest and uh we're all really interested in playing it so that's cool because um, it's just um, a story yeah and like what kind of what kind of themes does it touch on or like what what kind of setting is it is it like medieval or fantasy there's fantasy. magic and alchemy okay. and things like that cool um and also yeah it's it's a little it, it depending on how you play the game it can be a little depressing or it can be yeah it, like you know kind of heartwarming but um it's good cool there isn't enough there aren't enough games like that right the sort of like low barrier to entry social games I yeah just like story driven right yeah I'm curious about that. the genre uh i'm a fan of that genre um <laughs> <laughs> and then you also played mount your friends which i've seen a lot of cool videos on um yeah, you not your friends is a, also a local multiplayer game. Had yeah. friends over this weekend, and we well, look what at you, you do, with all your friends, my buddies. Um, <laughs> what you, you do is mounted like, them. Yeah, you mount you mount them. They're <laughs> it's like it's similar to Quop in that on your controller there's like a button that moves each limb. Yeah, so like your left arm, right arm, left leg, right leg, and you have to move your body toward this like goat, and then like get on top of it and try to like get like position a body part above a line that's drawn in the sky to mm-hmm. survive that round and then everyone has to climb on each other the time limit 
is is one minute per turn. So as you get higher and higher, you have to do some crazy climbing to get to the top to continue on and not get out. Right. And so uh, it's it's just a blast. It's a really great game. Yeah, uh, people should look up videos of that because there's some uh, pretty animated um, anatomical things. <laughs> I don't know. Big old dongs. dongs. Yeah, there's big old dongs in that game. You can it's turn on the funny. safe for work option, and and all of the dongs become zippers. <laughs> That's pretty good too. We should play that Conan <laughs> game. The dong uh, slider. That with with the dongs. Uh, you can. I'll, I'll put it on our Facebook. I'll stream it. I think it's only on PC, actually. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, cool. Let's. Uh, did you play? Do you have anything to say about Heroes of the Storm? No, my friends and I have just been playing it, and I'll probably um, stream some on the Facebook. Yeah, so cool. you stream some on the Facebook, and like I'm just not really too into MOBAs, but that game is really pretty. Yeah, it is. Like I, I was very uh, impressed with the like the stylings of that game. It's it's the, cool. The aesthetic fixins. They do a really good job of bringing in characters from all of their Blizzard's properties into yeah, it. Yeah, like so. they they mesh Lucio. very well. Like seeing hmm. like yeah, like Overwatch characters with like StarCraft characters. Like it doesn't look so like out of place. It's almost like watching Super Smash Brothers or something, where oh, there's yeah. something about it that it all kind of makes sense. PlayStation yeah, but- All Stars Battle Royale. But but oh, but fuck. even <laughs> so I I was actually like thinking that we should try streaming that game I think that'd be fun PlayStation uh, All Stars oh hell yeah Battle Royale okay. like I I I really liked that game uh, I I think I pretended to really like that game and I brought it around to all my friends and Brian I think yeah I, uh, I, got, I got the platinum trophy on that game damn yeah it, it was actually really easy platinum um, <laughs> but that uh, game's weird because like let's just play this game please yeah it was like we have to let this be successful so that the second one can be really, really good. Um, <laughs> the second one. PlayStation yeah. All-Stars Battle Royale Melee. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but but even, like, different than Smash Bros. or anything like that, like, Heroes of the Storm is like a, has, like, a pretty, like, serious, like, kind of tone to it. Like, and, mm. and just in the sense that, like, MOBAs are, like, they're making a game that's supposed to be, like, highly competitive and, like, like the hardcore gaming scene they can't necessarily do something like smash bros where it's like so cartoony with you know diablo characters Mm -hmm. so like the fact that it like kind of it strikes that balance of like these like really kind of cartoony uh like overwatch looking characters like with warcraft and diablo and starcraft and like it all just melds so well together uh yeah at least at least visually like i was actually really impressed um yeah and it doesn't i recommend it, it it seems a lot simpler than like league which i've played um mm-hmm. and much simpler than like dota um it's like it actually seems like a moba that i could um pick up and play and actually like possibly do well in that's why i play it i don't actually like league of legends or dota because they take too much time out of my life but heroes of the storm <laughs> games are about 20 minutes long and oh, see, there's awesome. not like, many choices to make so, in it and that's what the problem was for me with like league of legends um because like matches are like 30 to 45 minutes um yeah on average and you know you need to like find out like what kind of characters you're good with so right. it's like okay so th- for this 45 minutes i'm gonna try playing with this character it's like oh nope i wasn't good with them let me put another 45 minutes in to see if i'm good with this class or this character so like just to find what you're good in it takes so much time we should do a thing um, where like uh brian teaches us how to play a moba okay, okay I- i'd be so actually Teach um, myself too. I-, I think my big <laughs> hurdle for mobas yeah. is just that like perspective because like yeah. I'm bad at like RTS games that have that perspective. Uh-huh. I'm bad at MOBAs. Um, 
And at PAX, uh, a handful of my friends have been working on Gigantic, which is a third-person action MOBA. Mm. Um, and I, I loved it. It was actually a lot of fun. Um, like, if, like, I played it on mouse and keyboard, and I'm just really bad with that control scheme. So if I could play it on a controller, which it does have console support, um, like, I think that I might actually be able to really get into that. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's just that per, the camera perspective uh, yeah. that those games have. Like, both RTSs and MOBAs, like, I just am really bad at that kind of management. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I also really didn't like Battleborn, like everybody else oh. in the world. Um, there's, a, there's a there's a hero in, in Heroes of the Storm, uh, the Lost Vikings, where you have to play three heroes yeah. at once. <laughs> yeah, that that have Damn. you played the Lost Vikings? Yeah, I actually played them a lot fun. for a while. I'm not very good at them, but I keep no, trying. No, I, I mean the like the original game, like the original like Blizzard game. No, uh, that game's fun. Um, cool. Talk to me about Night in the Woods. Oh my god, this game is so fucking good. Um. <laughs> So like I had this game pre-ordered for a while, yeah. And uh, Tuesday, I, I actually, so it was actually Monday. So on the, the end of my three-day weekend, I was just like miserably sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up taking the t- Tuesday off work, and I was like, oh fuck, this is miserable. Like I feel like crap, and I have nothing to do today. And then I was like, oh, I'm just gonna pop my PlayStation and be like, oh shit, Night of the Woods came out. So I yeah. played it for about like five hours straight initially. Um. And that game just immediately just like sucks you in with like its style and its charm and its humor. Um, let me pull up some notes. I took some notes on it. Let me pull these up cool. real quick. Yeah, uh, just like looking at it, like it presents itself as sort of a, a platformer with a lot of like dialogue, I think. Yeah. Um, but from what I understand, it's like a, uh, so it's 2D. The art style is 2D, really kind of like yeah. beautifully animated, almost like papercraft looking anthropomorphic yeah. characters. It uh, reminds me of like, Target for some reason. Target advertising. Target? And, like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, the, the the style of it is very good. I forget what um, me and my roommates were equating it to, but it's it's a very unique style. Um, like, it's got a lot of like wit and charm. Like, the, like it's, it's really funny. Like, yeah, it's one of the few games that actually like nails like millennial speak. <laughs> um, in, in a way that isn't like just totally fucking condescending, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's just so good. So the basic premise, which it, like this stuff that's like immediately like told to you, so like right. even though you haven't gotten into it, it's not going to really ruin anything. Um, you're a 20 year old girl who just dropped out of college and is moving back home to her small town, mm-hmm. and you're adjusting to life and like the changes in your small town. Um, and like kind of figuring out the reasons why, um, like very slowly, like you start to, um, kind of see why, like, like the things that she's been going through, why she dropped out of college. And mm-hmm. it's just like the way that like, it just kind of like gives you breadcrumbs that like the game follows and like teases the information. Um, yeah, it's just really smart and it's incredibly paced. Um, but the game at the heart of the game, um, like what makes this the game is uh like the narrative and the conversations that you have uh what while it is like a 2D platformer with some like a few puzzles here and there that's <laughs> so light and so unimportant to like what makes the game great right uh like the game is largely about um anxiety and mm. like both like a lot of it is like physical 
um, mm-hmm. anxiety where like you're walking around town and you'll see people complaining about um, like the lack of income in the town and like people are moving away and they're mm-hmm. trying to like, they're like having like discussions about like how to like bring in businesses and, um, and but both that like economic anxiety from like a, like the older class of people like who are in this mining town that like the mine has since shut down. And so like, right. They're like an economic standstill. Um, mm-hmm. And like these economic pressures on like millennials where they can't get jobs and they like are accepting that they're not going to be able to buy homes and like actually very real. Yeah. Like anxieties yeah. that like, like, like this game is a game that like personally for me was like, I don't think I've ever been quite moved in a way. Like it's, it's honestly like changed my perspective on life yeah. a bit and like where I'm at. That's sort of um, why I wanted to play it a lot with grace. Cause like, I don't think it's out of turn to say that, um, your hometown, you and Grace, my partner, yeah. both come from the same town of Kelso. And just yeah. from an outsider's perspective, it's like a mill town that was at yeah. once like economically not necessarily prosperous, but like people could get by. Yeah. And then, oh, no, like it, it, it absolutely was. Um, yeah. Like, so yeah. So yeah. So in like, gonna, I'll kind of explain this a little bit like sure. for like my hometown, but um, real quickly, like it informs a lot of why this game is like really special to me. Um, Mm -hmm. so like I'll kind of, yeah. So like I grew up in a small town, um, the, so it's really like two small towns that are like one, it's kind of like the same town. Yeah. One (laughs) shared entity. Um, so Grace and I grew up in Kelso, which is a logging town. And then like our immediate neighbors that like, like the borders of these two towns, like people that live there, like have a hard time, like, being able to tell you like where one stops, where one ends. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we're right next to Longview, which is a mill town. So Kelso goes, gets all the wood to bring it to Longview. They turn it into paper and shit. Right. Um, But like, so growing up in this town, like my dad, like my great grandparents, my grandparents, my dad um, all worked in one of the the two mills in the town. Mm -hmm. Um, And my great grandpa was also a logger. Like, so like it's, it's like the heart of this town. Like most people, like I think they employ like just some like ridiculous percent of the town. Yeah. Um, but like, I remember growing up, like whenever like these economic like waves came through, like my dad would get laid off. And then like a year later he'd get his job back at the mill and just like mm-hmm. this constant flux. And um, so like, there's a lot of these like economic pressures that I totally understand. And um, like super slight spoiler, that's not really going to ruin much of the game, but like your dad worked in the mine and then he worked yeah. in, um, another like actual like industrial job and like he had steady work and now that these are closed like he's working some like shitty day-to-day job and like he kind of talks about like yeah like I used to be I used to be able to support you guys and like that was my joy was like giving you and your mom the comfortability to do whatever you wanted to do and like mm-hmm. I know that I kind of like slaved my life away but that was my joy was being able to like put you through to college and let your mom pursue her hobbies and her passions. Like, yeah, he's like, now I'm stuck at this job that I fucking hate making, you know, barely above minimum wage, like barely enough to keep the house, barely enough to do this and that. And like, (laughs) that is very real to me. Um, I grew up with a lot of that in this kind of small town in the middle of nowhere. And like, just, they hit the anxieties of all these things so well. And like her going back to her small town, like her, some of her friends are gone. Some of her friends are still there and like, they're stuck there for, various reasons and oh yeah that's something pressure. that i hear all the time that when we go down to visit family like you'll end up hearing stories from grace's mom about like someone who's still around and yeah someone's still yeah. around like oh this like 
oh man the the grocery store that's been here forever closed like holy shit or the movie like, theater like, or the yeah like uh, so all, all yeah, these little yeah. things and like this game captures that so well mm-hmm. and like everything's told you like so casually like um like when your mom's like like oh yeah so like um we got a snack falcon which is like a 7-eleven um like and it it replaced this thing and you can either be like oh cool we got a snack falcon or like oh like this place cl- uh, closed like there's these dialogue choices you can make and like everything's told in such a way that like is just totally natural like yeah. it doesn't like give you like this big like piece of exposition like mm-hmm. oh well, like this store entered the town in this year and like 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 a lot of games will do like you'll go through like a, like a log and like you'll read like history like everything's told you to you conversationally and so like you just you get like the story of this town through the people that live there and like through their emotional attachment to things and um like it, it's just speaks so like closely to my upbringing and like i don't even think it's like necessarily small town dependent but like small community dependent so like you guys grew up in fairly larger cities but i'm sure that you guys still had like these same places where you like you yeah. go and you, you like oh this person's gonna be there like the or, neighborhood yeah like like the neighborhood like and I, yeah and i would just add like i think you, this, you might scoff at this maybe but like just in terms of okay i was gonna say that redmond and kelso at one point were probably not too dissimilar from one another yeah whereas redmond was like definitely way closer to a major city but like yeah. kelso's pretty close to portland like all things it's, considered it's a 45 it's like 45 miles so it's like 45 minutes to an hour to get okay like maybe down it's to portland. not maybe it's not apt but like i was just gonna say that redmond yeah. represents sort of like one direction that a small town can go yeah and then kelso represents the opposite yeah like no it, there's there's definite things that i grew up with in redmond that like i'm sad to see go like things yeah small shops that are now being um bulldozed or whatever to make room for yeah condos that are being and, like a parking lot for like an ikea or whatever right because because like with with redmond it's like the the increase in wealth gets rid of that small town character whereas in kelso the the decrease in wealth gets gets rid of that small town character yeah it's it's like parking lots and walmarts yeah like we We there's two there's two super walmarts in longview and like so like the combined population of kelso and longview is probably like forty five thousand, and they have two super walmarts it's crazy (laughs) um Um, yeah like like, um and like so i don't necessarily know but like i assume that you guys have like college educated families no um uh my mom never went to college my dad dropped out okay kind of but yeah so like another very real part of this game is uh like may was the the main character may uh was Mm -hmm. the first person in her family to go to college yeah and so her dropping out was like a huge thing and that very much was a very real thing for me where like I was getting a lot of anxiety about UW and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was kind of like, I could just stop. And then like, but there's that pressure is like, like, no, like this is like a a thing for my family. Like I'm the first person to like, it deals with so many anxieties that I personally can relate to. And like, Mm -hmm. I got maybe like three hours into the game and I I texted you guys and I was like, Grace needs to play this game. She's going to cry. Yeah. Um, Like, but, but, but in a good way, like it, it speaks to a certain level of like realism and like real life things and especially in a game that's like really cartoony you're playing as animals right um like yeah you're you're an anthropomorphic cat and your best friend is a gay fox in a leather jacket yeah uh, <laughs> i think <and> like <laughs> i think it's funny like i'm excited to see what to see like how it actually works because like yeah grace thinks she's gonna cry because it's about a cat <laughs> no, <laughs> no that, that that helps like 
So May's probably a bit more like outwardly snarky, but like, uh-huh. like I was like, oh yeah, like I see a lot of grace in this, like and like yeah. the way that she interacts with her mom, like right. It's like oh yeah, like that I've seen Grace talk to, to her mother that way. Yeah. Um. But so going back to kind of what you were saying with the Yog, um, day to day, like so I think the game takes course over like ten days, so like. Mm-hmm there's a limited amount of time that you can do things and um, to like kind of like wrap up a day, like you'll talk to a certain person like, Oh, Hey, are we going to go do this thing? And you can be like, yeah, let's go do that. Which will afterwards will end that day. Or you can be like, like, no, give me a minute or, you know, and then you can go off and do these things that are kind of time sensitive. Um, And progress is tracked through your notebook where like she'll draw things and be like, Oh, Greg, or like, Oh, like this guy I ran into or like, Oh, this weird thing. And little like kind Mm -hmm. of catalog events. And when I finished the game, there were empty pages in that notebook from things that I missed out on. And so there's definitely a very real, like, so when you play, you want to go try and, like, revisit all of the places because somebody may not be there the next day. Um, one specific moment is, like, you run into this girl who was, like, a few years behind you in high school and she knows who you are and, like, you vaguely remember her and you start, like, building this relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I had spent the past two days... Um, hanging out with B was like your old friend that you've kind of become disenfranchised with. And mm-hmm. uh, you're like, and I was like trying to rebuild that relationship. So I spent like two or three nights with her. Um, and then like you talk to Greg, who's like your lifelong best friend. And he's like, Hey, like we should go do something. I'm like, we should like, I feel bad that I haven't been hanging out with you, Greg, but I just want to build like rebuild this bridge that I have with B. Yeah. And then, uh, so it was like, I can hang out with B. I can hang out with Greg. But then I ran into that girl, Lori, who's younger than you. And I was like, like I want to hang out with her because like, she's like kind of young. She's every time you see her, she's alone. Um, and like you kind of have this connection with her where like you almost have like a big sister kind of relationship with her. And like, I wanted to explore that, but it's like, okay, I've been putting off hanging out with Greg. I'm going to hang out with Greg. And then tomorrow I'm going to come back for you, Lori. It's like going out with Greg. And then the next day, Lori isn't in her spot. And I was like, no, like there's like real life, like, like FOMO of like, right. Like I need to make decisions and like certain things will happen. Like, like you need to like make, yeah, like concrete decisions that will like effectively cancel something else out that you could do. Cool. And so like, no matter what that's going to happen. So you just kind of need to make your choices and roll with them. But like, I definitely had this like real anxiety, which like I, I feel is like, oh, like I want to hang out with this person, but like I made plans with so-and-so and then like that person may not be like able to hang like out games later. like that you should play kato shoujo <laughs> is that that visual novel you told us about i'm gonna get you guys ago? to play it all right yeah. like no, I'll, how I'll do you spell it. that k-a-t-a-w-a-s-h-o-u got it J O. yeah and um turn off the the weird stuff <laughs> never Just turn off the adult stuff if you want to uh, i don't all right i want i want or the adult don't. stuff i'm a grown man um yeah that so like cool i'm really excited a, to, to play it like, yeah that, that's all it's all real things like real life anxieties yeah. like that are just like all the way down to that like really small stuff like all the way up to like the big stuff and like it just handles it all so well like you run into people who like remember a thing you did in high school that, that's like really of note and like the way that you kind of handle that and like like every day i made sure i stopped and talked to these people and like that's and cool. even like, so there's like this like little bar where there's like these two guys who are always standing outside, whether it's like raining or snowing or whatever. But like, um, like they're always out there talking about the smelters, who is like the local like uh, 
like that region's like football team. Mm-hmm. And there's these, these two guys that stand at a bar and every day they're talking about the smelters. And it's just like, yeah, I, I remember those guys from, from Kelso who were like, just, yeah. you know, like, and like, it just gives like such insight into like small towns and like it especially speaks like after this election where it was largely won by like kind of addressing this like small town anxiety. Right. Um, and like, it's actually like a really strong glimpse. Like, like it kind of connected a lot of dots for me. Like I, sure knew about that anxiety and then like but then like it puts that into a framework that i am familiar with and i understand and it kind of like really was really illuminating um it's truly a special game and like like i texted you i think i tweeted it i was like i know that like a week ago i said that i don't think a game can quite capture me the way that yakuza did but like night in the woods is actually a game that like fundamentally like shifted how i think and feel about certain things Damn, um, high level it, high. It, it's it's really good, but it's also a game. Like if I had to like review and like score it, yeah, I'd probably give somewhere between like eight and nine, just because like it is still a video game and like some of the video gamey stuff is like whatever. Yeah, um, but it's just like, but what's so good about it is its story and its themes and like it was like it's it's really moving and cool. it's so charming. The characters are great. There's a lot of like really. Like there's like a little rhythm game that you do a couple of times. It's just like kind of thrown in there because um, there's a lot of little things that are just like, uh, like whenever you're like you go like to reach for a uh, soda can in a soda sh- machine, like you go to the machine, press X, it pops up this window, and you have to like actually move your hand up, grab it, and like pull it down, and like just that like added level of it's mm-hmm. not like oh I go press X and it gives me a soda or like, a can of soda. Like you actually have to like press X and yeah. it disperses it, and then you have to like go pick it up. Like just these little things that make the game so charming and so cute. Sure, and it's it's truly remarkable. It uh, thinks like twenty bucks, and yeah, like probably a good like at least like eight hours. Cool, and that's yeah. with like exploring everything. Like it's totally worth it. It's like one of the best games I've played in a long time. Like most moving, like probably the most moving game I've played since like Gone Home. Damn. We have nice. to move on. I'm excited to play that, but we've been going for a little while. Yeah. Um, Brian, I think your journey through Dark Souls is the most fascinating thing because like two or three weeks ago, you were not interested anymore. And then yeah. now you're like on the verge of beating it. Yeah. I'm not on the verge of beating it, I realize, but I'm in oh, okay. Orlando, uh, which is the big like city. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm you, currently you, you stuck said on Oystein and, and Smog. Smog. Okay. Those guys are fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you, I, you said last night that you were gonna try to beat it like in that like in that night i was like have you gotten that far into it um I don't know. yeah no it's it's tough but we're proud of you you've yeah you put so in some like, work so are you would you say that you're enjoying it now i enjoy it when it's not doing things that i think are just bad game design like getting cursed yeah i think that like, I think as the series went on those things improved for sure yeah, like yeah. That, that, that's not really a thing in Dark Souls Three, and it's for like, sure at least something you don't have to worry about as much. And if you, yeah. you know how to counter it better, I, I would. And say. like, I can easily see how I can avoid being cursed, but it sucks to look online about it, and mm-hmm. there are like people that are legitimately like, "Hey, this is making the game not fun," and then you know everyone else is just like, "Get good, baby." But yeah, there there will be people like that with this community for sure. But someone said. Some podcast or something. Fan bases ruin games. <laughs> yeah, and that yeah, a lot of kind of feels like it sometimes. But the the two big things of frustration for me were getting cursed and then the Hydra fights. 
What are the hydra fights? Yeah. At one point, you can get cursed and then fight a hydra, and I was at my like tipping point. I think I was just texting you guys yeah. that night, and I just spent the rest of the night getting out of the Ash Lake and then back through the Great Hollow because I realized what I was doing was just to like make me better at PvP in a game mm. that people don't PvP in. And yeah, it's like anymore, I should have read ahead in this dumb guide. <laughs> huh. Oh. But it's I uh need to beat these guys and then I think I get to go back to like the Firelink shrine and stuff and then that mm-hmm. will feel a little more a little I'll 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 feel like reseated back in the game a little bit because sure. right now yeah. I've fought my way through this fortress and mm-hmm. That I immediately got sent to this this like area that's doesn't se- is seemingly not at all connected with the world that I've been interacting with thus far. Like there's no path home kind of thing. Yeah, and so it's it's kind of like you know you're just like fighting to to some arbitrary goal that will likely connect me back to the main game again. Right. Well, yeah. I'm excited for that because like that. That feeling of like there's no path home and then like discovering the path is like what yeah. it's all about for me. I, I really it. like the shortcuts and the like yeah. how I know how to traverse this world now. Yeah. Yeah. So Dark Souls 1 is really good about like making sure that everything does bring you back. But uh, in the later games, there are like these kind of points that are like the end of a branch. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get to teleport and, between bonfires, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and sometimes like those places are optional and it's all about like being a, com- a completionist. And yeah. uh, and also for like experience, but uh, yeah, like it that game definitely took somebody like what me and Reds are doing for you, like so, like a non like forum or guide that's like actually like encouraging you and helping you and um, yeah, like yeah, it was like, my friends George and James that like really got me to like push through and really enjoy the game. And I remember watching you face that one boss that you streamed, Capra like, Demon. Yeah, Capra um, Demon, so much fun. Have you learned like? Well, like, how are you approaching combat scenarios now? Like, do you shield and parry? Do you roll and run away? Like, how do you generally... I mean, I, I know it all is dependent on, like, what kind of enemy you're, enemy you're facing. Depending but, on the size of the enemy, it yeah. changes it. Like, if, if I'm fighting a really large enemy, I'm going to try to run and roll and sprint sure. and leap. But if it's, like, an enemy, like, a Dark Knight or something, I'll I'll go in with my shield. Yeah. And so I've gotten very good at parrying the Dark Knights. Mm-hmm. But there are like the lar- there are these like large armored guardians with like a huge glaive and like a, a large shield that mm-hmm. actually guard the room that leads to Ornstein and, and Smog and it's they suck so much. <laughs> They're not I only fun. ask because like I guess it, 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 I guess the game does like lend itself to different playstyles. Like no matter what I'm doing, I'm always trying to get behind the enemy that I'm facing. Yeah. Like no matter what kind of For enemy it is. For the crits yeah. and and whatever, yeah. Like I also just think it's more effective. So like, sometimes I don't even dodge to get behind. I like sprint right past them, and then while I'm still locked on, I'm like I end up facing them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. There's a lot of cool ways to like. Yeah. With your enemies. Yeah, I'm the, pretty comfortable there, with that. There's some bosses That's in cool. Yakuza that like you you have to do the same thing where it's like you no, know, you just have to get behind him, like kind of cheap shot him a bunch, and then you know try to work your way back around once they some people around. might say that's cheap shotting but like jeff gersman on giant bomb lately has been talking about how no. like like if it if it's in the game exactly like, it's not no, there's no way to cheese dark souls is the is the philosophy i've been following yeah yeah no exactly. like i i remember i played through one of the original like i think it was actually the first boss of three and i was just like spamming with firebombs like i feel like shit for doing this but and like 
And George was like, no, like firebombs are in the game for a fucking reason. Like yeah. by all means, like, like he's weak to fire and you don't have any other, like, um, right. I forget the stones that turn like your sword into like fire damage, but yeah. like, I read like, no, something like, very similar with Neo, like just last night. Like I used this really yeah. cheap, very, very powerful fire move against the big boss. And I was like, okay, yeah. cool. I actually, I fought the iron golem on top of Sen's fortress last night and <laughs> mm-hmm. I cornered him onto one side of the platform and then he backstepped and fell off with oh, half that's my favorite I, thing yeah it yeah. was the oh, best th- th- those are so good um yeah and yet a similar thing in, again in yakuza like there's an uh like you get like a bowling ball mm-hmm. and like you can just you know if you have your heat which is like your um like uh, a bar that you can like expend to do like awesome moves like you can throw it at him and like and you can just like cripple him and like it, it does like a serious amount of damage like more than like a shotgun does and like they're on the ground, so then you can just go up and do another heat move and just like bust their face in, <laughs> and it's so good. Um, but yeah. yeah, like if, if it's in the game, then like yeah, like it, even if it's like like there's certain like exploits that you can do that like maybe aren't like they don't seem intentional that like may, might feel cheap. It's like no, if it's in the game, like you're not like putting in your again like we're going back to game shark experience. Like you're not throwing in like a game shark and being like, yeah, like, oh no, like like I'm gonna beat the boss this way. It's like if it's in the game, then you know. For it's sure, at your disposal. I'm trying yeah. to figure out how to how to beat these guys though. They're just like yeah. one of them's really fast and one of them has a huge hammer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll check back next week. I, and uh, I'm very slow with heavy armor. Yeah, let's move into I hot mean, takes. I, yeah. Oh, is that cool? Do you have something? No. Else? Yeah, I, I was just gonna say like if really good games had stopped coming out, I would also like try to get onto the Dark Souls watch. But like, yeah, Horizon comes out in two days, and then I got Yeah, another three days. Zelda and Switch comes out. And like, I still need to get back into Neo. I'm close to finishing Yakuza, but I still haven't finished it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much good stuff right now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's bonkers. I, if I, I don't beat Dark Souls this week, I probably won't beat it because once I get Zelda, it's all over. Damn, I hope you beat it. Um, I'm working on it. Um, hot takes. I just want to say that I uh, I saw Get Out on opening night. And it was very good. So like I saw it at this thing just due to convenience. There's something called IPIC theaters where like you go and you get like a really comfortable chair and you're there with people who are drinking wine and like hanging out and stuff. It's yes. Uh, The theater was very, very white. And um, that movie does have humor in it. But I would say that like the stuff that it wants you to laugh at is not at the expense of the um, of certain characters like I think people in my audience were laughing at it for really wrong reasons. And I think it's because they think we live in a post-racial society, you know, like where you can laugh like, at like, racism. Oh, this isn't possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yes. Like, like somebody posted, like, I think it was like the Washington post, their subheader on the review is like, it makes racism terrifying. And it's, it's like, always um, terrifying. racism has been terrifying for all of humanity's existence. Right. Right. So I think my hot take, if there is one, it's a is very just privileged that, like, White people are bad. <laughs> I don't know. White, white people are bad. Can I piggyback on that? Sure. Mm-hmm. No. no. I'll think of a good hot take while Brian okay. is out there. Uh, my shower thought at some point during this week was Halo <laughs> needs a Resident Evil 7. Um, that, that series is way too com- confusing and complicated. They need to just drop the Master Chief for a game and do something within the Halo universe that's concise, interesting, and fresh. <coughs> I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, I would also... Like, I, I don't care for four or five. Yeah. Um, uh, my hot take will be that, uh, oh, uh, actually, I've defended this take for years. Uh, Chrono Cross is better than Chrono Trigger. <clears throat> okay. Oh. I might disagree, but that's okay. 
Thank you all so much for listening to Fans of the Genre. Uh, if you like this show, please rate us on iTunes. It really helps others discover the show. Seriously, like that's how iTunes presents podcasts to people is based on ratings. Yeah. Um, and it's like a you cycle. You can even give us a four stars. We'll take four stars. Yeah. I'll take a four star we'll review. We'll take six stars, but you have to give us a five to do that. Yeah. yeah. Give us a five and then leave a one. That's six. <laughs> but uh, tell a friend about the show if you like it. We talk about games and other stuff. What did we talk about at the beginning of the show that wasn't games for a while? Uh, UI and video games. Oh, I don't know. There's something else. Uh, no, no, anyway. so I, I was talking about Chrono Cross, and then you were like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And, um, and then I said, sorry for talking about video games on our video game podcast. Right. My mistake. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at fans of genre or on Facebook at fb.me slash fans of the genre. And you can send us questions and feedback. Um, I'm Rhodes Clark on Twitter. I tweet about Bloodborne. That's about it. I'm, I'm Brian T. Swanson on Twitter. I retweet silly stuff and I don't know. I get mad. Yeah. We're all kind of mad on Twitter lately. Um, I don't even know what I've been tweeting about lately. I, like, I always think that I tweet a lot, but I I think I just like a lot of stuff on Twitter. I do that too. I think that I do a lot. <laughs> and then I look at my last tweet and I was like, oh, that was yeah, 21 hours ago. ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, you're Mikey yeah. Krieger. M-I-K-E-Y. Yeah. Yeah, M I K U Y K R I E G E R on Twitter. Um, yeah, I retweet a lot of like dogs and Jake Tapper and something um, that said I love been, period boobs. <laughs> yeah, that was um, Allison Rapp. I retweeted her. Gotcha. She's, she's pretty funny. She's yeah. hilarious. Um, I, yeah, I've been tweeting a lot about uh, Night in the Woods and um, music I used to listen to in high school. Cool. Lately. Well, if you like that, meet us there. I told um, my yeah. boss to listen, and so she clicked play on one episode and was like is this good and i said yeah <laughs> cool <laughs> um thank you to john bash for recording and and uh composing original music for us you can find him at um jonbash.com where you can find music that he's written for movies he and a group of friends and musicians did like an entire final fantasy cover album uh which is awesome and yeah you can contact him there if you want good music and thank you john bash for for writing stuff for us it's really cool we got a recommendation for uh for some sort of sound off some sort of outro okay um let me see if i can find that text oh yeah i remember that no problem fun no problem fun something that was like we're fans and we hope you are too but while i like that I sort of think positioning ourselves we'll as fans it. is sort of ironic because like yeah. fans of a genre is a cliche and like fandom ruins yeah. everything. Yeah. So I don't know if we but, want but, to yeah, lean like, into like that. Like we said earlier, fandom ruins ruin everything. Yeah. We've, we've actually, we're post ruin. That's our podcast. Um, post ruin. Yeah. We'll, 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 uh, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll, we'll workshop it. Yeah. And don't forget to use your Oxford commas. Uh, <laughs> no. That's the podcast. That's nope. the podcast. Have a good nope. one, guys. Nope.